Hi guys, um, welcome back to the Two Girls One Book podcast. I am Hannah and with me is my co-host Rhiannon. I'm just going to give a little disclaimer in that I'm recording in a different location today so there may well be residual noise that you don't normally hear. Um, I also have got a dog who likes to be involved in everything so if you hear heavy breathing... Sniffing the microphone. (laughs) It's not me if there's any heavy breathing. (laughs) Well it might be, who knows. (laughs) yeah um so what book are we talking about today Rhiannon okay um so we have the house in the cerulean sea which I think that is how we pronounce it yeah I reckon so um by TJ Clune um and this one is one that I put on my wish list ages ago um because I'd seen it I don't know where I saw it, first of all, but I saw it a long time ago, probably before we were on Bookstagram. Um, and I keep seeing it more and more often now. Uh, I think it, the, the word is getting out that it's a good book. Yeah. Spoiler alert, it's a good book. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, I'll do a quick little synopsis. Um, so basically, this story follows uh, a very ordinary kind of bloke called Linus Baker um, who is a caseworker in the department in charge of magical youth so we're essentially in some sort of fantasy realm but it's very similar to the world that we live in but there are magical beings um, and he's in charge of making sure that the magical children that are assigned to magical children orphanages are well looked after um, and that the orphanage is working by the book um, so he follows this set of rules and regulations that are um, a, a very important set of uh, set of rules uh, from extremely upper management uh, all capitalized and then he is given a highly classified assignment to go to one particular orphanage um, which has six particularly exceptional children shall we say Mm -hmm. um and yeah but the following is him finding out about the children about the master of the orphanage arthur parnassus isn't it yeah there's lots of words in this book that i wasn't sure if i was pronouncing them right in my head (laughs) so apologies if I've got horrendous pronunciation throughout, but yeah, it's it's the old Hermione Hermione thing from yeah. <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> um, yes, so yeah, it's a magical love story, feel good, really nice book to read. Yeah, basically. So if you haven't read it, at the top of this, I'm going to highly recommend that you do. But yeah, that's that's it in a nutshell, I think. I don't think I've missed anything. Yeah. Mad it's quite hard to explain out. it. I would say it's it's yeah. a whimsical read. You have yes. to kind of let your imagination run a little bit, which is quite nice for when we read so much heavy kind of adult yes. content. It's quite nice to read almost what felt to me like a kids book written yeah. for adults. Um yeah. I really Absolutely. enjoyed it. Yeah, this was, um, it, I got the same sort of feels as I was getting when I was reading The Briar Men. Yeah. The same sort of like nice warm feeling uh, of it being, it, 
it's not fantasy enough for it to be like what is going on yeah. but it's just the the nice amount of fantasy just to feel like it's detached from this world and all of the rubbish in it yeah. that's not to say that real life problems don't come into this book because they most certainly do and they're tackled in a just in a really nice way this is um i've seen quite a lot of review yeah. reviews uh describing this as a hug in a book yeah. which i <laughs> which is exactly what it is you can't really describe it any better than that i, I don't don't think yeah so it's just yeah, well, on the, on the front cover, good. the quote on the front cover is like being wrapped up in a big gay blanket, which yeah. I did. I was a bit like, oh, yeah, I felt kind of cosy. And I yeah. know I'd said that um, in the group chat for the buddy read that we did with this, that I found myself reading it in bed as I used to read as a child. Like, yeah. the longer form chapters kind of tucked up cosy in bed and, and it made me feel like I was going to have good dreams because I was reading this yeah. happy little happy little story it was i really enjoyed reading it it was a refreshing change from the heavy stuff Absolutely. that i usually read yeah yeah same same um and saying that one of the things that i said very early on was the most refreshing thing for me was the fact that i was reading uh it was a male protagonist a gay male protagonist which i haven't read a character like Linus for a very long time. I can't, yeah. well, I can't really think any, of anything that kind of is exactly like him. No. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's very much his own, his own thing. Uh, but I, I loved him. Yeah. I was immediately drawn into his awkwardness. He's, he's an awkward but lovable character. He was really all of the characters i i thought were really well written yeah um and I, just the each of their characteristics were just really well rounded and i got totally different vibes from all of them yeah. but felt i felt connected to every single one um which i think is a pretty pretty amazing thing yeah, especially when there's so many characters that are central to the main plot of the story. It yeah. isn't like there's the the main character. Obviously, there's the who exactly. we follow, but everybody was still a massive part of the story. Um, and to yeah. be able to connect with all of those characters so well, I think it's it's a massive achievement for an author. There Absolutely. wasn't any of them that I didn't care about. Um, yeah, well, maybe we should talk a, bit, a little bit about those characters. Um, I feel like spoiler spoiler wise uh, i don't think you really can spoil the book particularly can you there's not exactly like big plot twists or no. whatever no um so i feel like if you've not read it and you are going to then this might give you a little bit of an insight as, as to what goes on in the book but i don't think we'll ruin it for anybody no and i think um, one of the notes that i'd made which is not a negative but is it, it kind of speaks to the to the story i found was, i felt was quite predictable i didn't know what was going to happen yeah i could guess pretty early on where the yeah. story was going um which i didn't mind but so i don't think that it's anything that we say is going to be particularly shock horror for anybody who wants to read it yeah um yeah it's it's no thriller situation no. where we've got 
turns left, right, and center. So, yeah. Um, so, yes, we have, obviously, I've touched upon uh, Linus there, who's just a very by-the-book, bog-standards kind of bloke going about his day job. Um, and then he gets put on this assignment to go to the orphanage in the Cerulean Sea. Yeah. Well, the house in the Cerulean Sea. <laughs> not just in the middle of the sea. It's not that kind of book. <laughs> Who was your favourite character if it wasn't Linus? Oh, goodness. So we've we've also got Arthur, the um, head of the orphanage, and then we've got the six kids. Yeah. Um, so... I guess we'll go we'll go through each of the kids. My personal okay. favourite was um Chauncey. Oh. <laughs> she's so <laughs> Chauncey so we, cute. we don't know what he is, is well, what they he's say a, very early on. Yeah, so he's a an an amorphous is it amorphous, is that the word? An 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 amorphous amorphous I don't know. <laughs> amorphous. I don't I've never seen that word written down before, so again, <laughs> apologies for my uh lack of knowledge there um but he's a green blob essentially uh so he we yeah we don't know what he is he's some kind of monster well he's been told that he's a monster um so this is this is where all the wonderful messages about identity and what you are come from so there's a lot of there's a lot of really good thinking points in this book i think and just yeah yeah you're you're not what you're not a sum of your parts is that the saying yeah I think the thing that I'd (laughs) written down was that it was really important messages of that what other people label you as is not what you are you are you are who you are and who you choose to be exactly um so poor little Chauncey is told (laughs) that he's a um a monster but his life ambition is to be a bellhop and so when Linus arrives on the island Chauncey takes it upon himself to like sort his luggage out and get his laundry done and etc yeah. etc et <laughs> and he's just the cutest little thing he's got like eyes on his on stalks hasn't he yeah I, I just have this really Monsters Inc kind of vision yeah, of of Chauncey he's just the cutest cutest little blob boy um and i i really felt like warm fuzzy feelings for him straight away which is really weird given that he's a blob um but yeah i'd say that he was probably my favorite um how about you my favorite uh was lucy yeah. or what's his actual name lucy Lucifer. lucifer lucifer yeah oh yeah child of the devil yeah. lucifer yeah. who is uh we're not allowed to say, but the Antichrist is what he's called, but they're not allowed yeah. to say that on the island. They don't use that word. Um, no. I just loved his kind of dark, sassy humour. And I think I'd written as well he, that he really... not. I'm not in any way calling my child the Antichrist, but my 10-year-old <laughs> child, a lot of the kind of sass that came out of Lucy's mouth definitely reminded me of my son. So I was kind of reading it with the image of him in my head. And there was a, a really nice moment where they describe him as like coming downstairs, making more noise than a small boy of his size should. And I was like, this is literally, it's like my child. Um, I'm not saying that he's the son of the devil, but <laughs> his sass and his dark humour. Yeah. 
But also the kind of internal struggles that he had yeah, with that kind of knowing that there is this dark thing inside him, or so he's been told, yeah. so he feels. And, and really, he's an innocent child who still has the same kind of thoughts and feelings that a six-year-old boy has. Yeah. But knowing that he's carrying this big burden that's been put upon him. And, yeah, I just really... Yeah. I liked him a lot. Yeah, he was a very... He was definitely the most uh, complex of the kids, wasn't he? Yeah. Obviously, the, the I, I guess quite a lot of the... I can't think of the word, but a lot, a lot of emphasis, that was it. A lot of yeah. emphasis was put on his side of the story because yeah. uh, he's he's the most bizarre of all the children on paper. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, he has these horrific nightmares, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, spiders oh, I mean, in his head. That's what he says. He's got spiders, spiders in, his, in head. his head. And I was like, yeah. oh, he's just a little boy who doesn't know what these big feelings are. Oh, I just yeah. I just wanted to hug him. I loved him. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um so who else did we we have uh kids? So we had Sal, didn't we? He's slightly older than the rest, isn't he? I yeah. Um I think he was slightly older and had been in a lot of orphanages yeah, and moved he'd been around. Passed around a lot. Yeah. Um so, so it was super kind of fearful and unsure of everything and everyone. Um, yeah and his magical power if you can call it a magical power is that he uh he would transfer so he's uh, a big black guy wasn't he yeah but he transforms into a tiny little white pomeranian yeah (laughs) uh which i i loved that kind of juxtaposition of the the two images um and he has the ability to be able to also turn people into the same as him yeah um which makes him particularly magical apparently uh yeah. there's different levels of magical magicalness <laughs> Ma- it's magic? a word now that's it just, that's a word now just magic <laughs> <laughs> oh dear it's been a long day already hasn't it i like um, sal and i like the kind of growth of his character and you saw him blossoming yeah. and coming out of himself and the writing as well his right so he he turns into a little bit of a little bit of a writer um i always really enjoy writers within books like it's it's a really nice uh nice way of i don't know the author expressing themselves in yeah. a slightly different voice yeah um and i i enjoyed i enjoyed that a lot um because that was right at the beginning he sort of sh- he showed uh glimpses of that didn't he and then as the book went on he really lent into it yeah Um, but he started off writing on a little typewriter in a cupboard because he didn't kind of want anyone to know what he was doing and what he was writing and he moved it out of the cupboard and into the room and then he started making the room his own because that was the other thing was that he never felt like he'd had somewhere that was his home so he'd never wanted to make his bedroom his personalize it and put things anywhere and that yeah. feeling as the book progressed of him feeling more safe and secure in this place I really like that as well yeah I mean to be honest I don't think you can't possibly say that you disliked any of these kids because they're all so cute yeah <laughs> like the the next one that I was going to mention is uh Talia I she's the her. little 
she's a little sassy gnome, isn't she? Yeah, little with, bearded gnome. <laughs> with a beard. She's a little girl with a beard, basically. Uh, and just so much sass. Yeah. So I... I really, I really liked her. She was so, so cute. There was lots of devilish elements of her. You got the feeling that her and Lucy had kind of rubbed off on each other a little yeah. bit, and uh, she's intent on, on making Linus feel really uncomfortable <laughs> um, a lot of the time, especially like when he first arrives, obviously. Um, so yeah, yeah she I, digs his grave on the first day. Yeah. She digs a hole, and that's your grave, Linus. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, that is something else that we should mention as well. It's a funny little book. Like, there's lots of places like that which is just like, yeah, cheeky. So, <laughs> um, and like that, I think that's the the humor and innocence of kids that comes yeah. through. Um, yeah, which I. I really, really liked. I thought um, she was who a else great character. Um, the other little girl, Fee. Fee. Who is... Who's... I don't know what she's classed as. A sprite? Some sort of an island sprite? A forest sprite? Yeah, I think it was a forest sprite, wasn't it? Um, um, I liked her as well, but I did feel like she maybe was one of the characters that was given the least space yeah. to kind of grow. Um, yeah. I don't really know that I've learned that much about her. Yeah, I um, agree. I, I mean, that's why we were like, who, who, who else was there? What was she? Um, yeah, but so she gets taken under the wing of the the guardian of the island is uh, a girl named Zoe. That's right, yes. isn't it? Yeah. So Zoe is a is a, an adult sprite, mm-hmm. um, and she allows the orphanage to function basically on the on the mm-hmm. island she's like uh and helps out um especially with fee because obviously she's a, a sprite too so yeah. um yeah they they don't feature as heavily do they um, no um so. i liked her as a character though and i like the kind of idea of this nature and of the island belonging to somebody other than the humans in inverted commas, that idea yeah. that this is a magical place owned by magical creatures and it's a safe place for them. I felt yeah. like that was important to have that kind of feeling of security over this island. Yeah. Um, and Zoe gave that. And then obviously Fee, she gave her kind of knowledge and care to. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Who was our last one? Um, Theodore. Oh, Yes. What is a wyvern? What is he? So he's a wyvern, which in my head I had um, a kind of like pterodactyl like. Yeah, I imagined really big, kind of winged creature. I don't know whether I was getting confused with griffins because I was imagining some sort of lion, eagle, wings, something. Yeah. So he he talks in. He talks in, in chirps, doesn't he? Yeah. So then so, that makes me think of a bird. Yeah. And he has a nest rather than yeah. a bedroom. So I wasn't really quite sure. Maybe we should have Googled what a wyvern is. Is, a, is it a real thing? I don't think it's a... Not, not a real creature. <laughs> <laughs> but in but. kind of fantasy mythology, I'm, I'm sure that there is a, a picture of 
of what they might look like. Um, I'm gonna have a look right now. Live googling. The, the thing okay. That me was okay. That it's. I, I know what it is. Okay. It's a. a it's a winged dragon. Ooh. With a tail ending in a diamond or arrow-shaped tip. Okay. Well, that makes more sense then. But so he okay, must be small. Because the yeah, thing that confused me was that he had his little hoard under the sofa. And I was like, I don't know what... Like, he had, like, his little kind of gathering of treasure and it was all, like, buttons and things that he liked. But under the sofa. So then I was like, well, I had a picture of this huge, big creature. He must just be a little tiny baby dragon. Oh, I like him even more now. <laughs> yeah, that's really sweet, isn't it? Um, yeah, so maybe maybe that is right. The pterodactyl type size. Hang on, I have no idea how big a pterodactyl is. I imagine quite big. They look bigger yeah, than Jurassic Park. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and we so know that that's real, <laughs> based yeah. in fact. Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> there we go. So we've all learnt something here today. Oh yeah, he was cute then too. And as uh, the story progresses, Linus learns to talk Wyvern, doesn't he? Like, yeah, and he, he almost doesn't realise that he's doing it. There's yeah. moments where he's like, oh, and I, he could understand what he was saying and without knowing he could understand Wyvern. Yeah. That kind of re- showing of the connection that they were growing, I thought that was nice. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the whole story revolves around Linus finding a place that he belongs, doesn't it? Yeah. Teaching the children how to kind of accept who they are as well. Yeah. But yeah, that kind of idea of of Linus start we start and I think I'd written on my notes that he was this kind of grey man who had yeah. accepted a feeling of loneliness and just kind of thought, oh, well, this is life. He goes home to his cat, locks the door, that's his life. And he yeah. wasn't happy with it, but he was accepting of it. Yeah. And and him realising through accidental means that actually there's a place that he belongs and people that he belongs with. Um, yeah. That, that arc was very I, heartwarming. Um, it re- yeah. I was I was reading about uh, I was reading an interview with the author um, who I've never come across before, but he's written shed loads. Apparently, yeah. he writes like four books a year or something ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I'd good, never heard, I'd never read anything. Other, good other on him. Um, well, I'm glad because I'm I'm glad that it's like pushed him into a, a more mainstream light yeah um but anyway he was saying that he uh he features found families uh quite a lot because in a, a lot of gay people haven't necessarily had the support that yeah. they want from their real families which is very sad but they have found support in the community I think that's a very important thing to show, isn't it, really? Yeah. Yeah, that's, and that's and, a really lovely way to think about it is that kind of idea of the the family that you're born into might not necessarily be the ones that can teach you the those life lessons yeah. that you need and the acceptance of yourself. Um, yeah. You just got to go out there and, and find find your people. Um yeah. if if you don't have them have them readily available to you. <laughs> 
there's always going to be people out there for you um yeah so that was one of the aspects of the book that I did really enjoy I mean so touching on when you've mentioned there the author being um gay and kind of featuring the found families from that point of view the thing which I'd read a lot about was that this is a book that features um a representation of a queer romance which I think I was surprised that it doesn't feature as heavily as I'd imagined it would do I'd thought that because I'd read and read and read it was going to be this big deal and on the front as I said it's being wrapped up in a big gay blanket I thought it was going to be a major story point but actually yeah. it was very sensitively touched upon almost kind of by the by which I yeah. really appreciated that it's not a big deal this is just a very nice sweet romance that blossomed yeah. naturally I really like yeah. that yeah I think having read some of the uh interview interviews um some of his other books are maybe more of the romance heavy but this one's definitely romance kind of on the side yeah um and the the bigger message general acceptance yeah um and finding happiness within oneself not necessarily not necessarily relying upon that being with another person but yeah, yeah. it was it was so nice I, I think the only thing that we can say about this book for the most part is it was so nice it was just lovely <laughs> it was really nice I really liked the all of the relationships between Arthur and the children particularly that kind of fiercely mm. protective fa- he was a father figure he was their dad yeah. that's the whole point of the it was they were his family and I think that yeah. was the thing that they'd t- was touched upon was that they were kind of under the umbrella of an orphanage as though they're going to be re rehomed with families yeah but they they had that's the word (laughs) rehomed spend too much time with dogs (laughs) (laughs) um yeah adopted when really what what linus found out was that there wasn't an intention of of adopting them into families and that was him kind of reframing the way he thought about it as actually this is their home and this is their family and why are we using the terminology of an orphanage that's going to adopt children out when that's never the intention yeah he was their dad and in the end they became this big messy family who all supported each other and yeah it was just really nice. I feel like I've got nothing to say, but it was just really nice. And I felt warm and cosy. I did cry. <laughs> oh, I mean, standard. <laughs> but Happy good, tears. Good, yeah, good tears. I just loved it. Loved it. There was... um so The other thing that uh, we haven't mentioned yet is the... Uh, so the, the orphanage is set on the an island but there's the town nearby isn't there so you have to do like the the crossing with this grumpy guy that has the ferry yeah um who i found quite amusing um but the villagers or townspeople is it a village i think yeah. they're called the villagers yeah village okay so the major grand majority of the villagers are very scared of what's on the island they basically they want them gone really don't they because they they don't like the idea um and so the kids 
have haven't been into the town into the village really um for for fear of upsetting the villagers and yeah again being called all of the nasty names that they've perhaps been called in the past um and then one of the things that like i mean mild spoiler one of the things that linus encourages is slightly more integration yeah um and so that's quite that's quite a nice uh part of it with the more bigoted portion of the (laughs) uh of the community having having to offer up acceptance and and it and it happening yeah um i like that that was a lot of the book was kind of linus being pushed out of his comfort zone to do things that he wasn't really sure about i like that this was the opportunity for linus to pull arthur out of his comfort zone because arthur was the one who kind of kept the children in almost protective bubble yeah for kind of for good reasons he didn't want them to self-preservation yeah yeah but that was an opportunity for Linus to also teach Arthur something and say, actually, this like they can't live like this and you've got to stand up and we understand that you want to keep them safe, but part of this is showing that they're nothing to be scared of. Um, yeah. I think that's what I really liked about their dynamic as a, as a partnership was that they were two people kind of learning how to bring the best out in each other. Mm. They both needed a little push here and there, um, and that's what made the partnership just feel really real and natural, which I I really liked. I I don't want to say anything bad about this book, but I think that a lot of the things are probably oversimplified. Yeah. Uh, I, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think sometimes it's nice to think, oh, if only it, this we'd just do this thing and everything would be solved yeah wouldn't that be nice um so i guess that that would probably be my only negative point i think well that's it all felt a little bit easy (laughs) yeah that's what made me feel like it read almost like a a children's book yeah The, the kind of moral lessons were very obvious and out there sometimes literally written on the page yeah um and that it was when we're talking about them visiting the village and the, there being the people who were not accepting of them, that they were never really a threat. They were kind of flimsy um, bad guys, if you like. There was the one guy who tried, again, it was a it was a kind of comic little moment where he tried to exercise Lucy in the record store and Lucy kind of fights him and knocks him unconscious. <laughs> and it's there's never any real kind of feeling of danger. I don't yeah. think we always knew everything's going to be okay because love and family is the answer and whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I would say the same that it's a bit simplified in its kind of danger and. and... But that was nice. It, like I guess that's that's why we enjoyed it as a nice change because it yeah. was yeah untarnished by <laughs> all of the rest of the rubbish that goes on in in the world. So. Yeah. I think that's what comes from using the children as that as the kind of tool for they all of that innocence came through from them and their voices mm. whereas if this was a book full of adults I don't think you'd get that innocence and kind of feeling of hope no. and positivity that you ended up with I think they they were 
key to that than being children yeah absolutely i i want to be a kid again (laughs) i want to be a green blob kid (laughs) i want to be the antichrist yeah strikes me as you (laughs) you can be the cute little lucy and i'll be a cute little green blob in a hat i think i'm trying to think of any of the other little notes that i'd written about it but they were all just lovely just i loved it and i loved it and it was great and then yeah the end (laughs) um great that wraps it up basically doesn't it i think that's fine i thought the the other thing that we should uh just mention that's not about the book at all is that we saw each other yesterday and we went to a bookshop and it was great yes it was so good yeah, yeah. we went to pritchard's bookshop in crosby um and if you've watched our instagram stories you'll know that we absolutely broke our book buying bans but <laughs> i mean we shouldn't <laughs> if we'd have wanted to not buy books then what were we doing going into a bookshop i know yeah it was my idea it was it was awful uh, but it was great so it was so nice um, and i did i sat in the car on the way home and said to my boyfriend i was like i feel almost normal mm. that i was in a bookshop i was wearing a mask and we sanitized and did all of that stuff but i was like reading blurbs off the back of books and holding them in my hand yeah and like yeah it's the small things in life but i just felt so happy i can't wait to do more yeah yes our plan is to do a world tour of the bookshops i mean we'll start local (laughs) everywhere Um, in the northwest northwest to to northeast i mean you're northeast i can i can drive i can go that way so yeah we'll start north and then work our way around the wider world so if anybody has any amazing bookshops that we need to go to, tell yeah. us. Um, and we will. And then we yeah. can give them a little shout out on here as well. But yeah, Pritchard's was a very cute little indie bookshop. And it seemed to be really busy as well. Yeah, like, yeah, in and out. There were people, people coming in and out and placing orders and, and whatnot uh, yeah. all the time that we were there, which was a reasonable amount of time. Um, <laughs> whilst so, we were piling books into our arms yeah and just left our boyfriend sat outside on the bench <laughs> with the dogs um, yeah that's how it should be <laughs> um so yeah if you're in crosby then recommend recommend going there what else did we do went to the beach took pictures with books that's become our life yeah don't even feel embarrassed by it now everybody walking past and we're just posing with a book it's just life look at those weirdos (laughs) yeah happy happy to be those weirdos it's all good yeah it was a great day books beach beers yeah everything you need all the bees yep um fab so i mean that'll probably do us because you you've already heard uh enough from us given that we released (laughs) an extra big podcast last week as well um so the take-home message from today is that the house in the cerulean sea is a very nice book yeah (laughs) and if you've been reading too many serious things then this is a nice little breath of fresh air absolutely highly recommend if you like big gay blankets (laughs) next 
time we'll hopefully be back to just doing a normal short stories edition with what other, what other books i've i've just read betty i've, I've got, never let me go I've got that haven't we? yeah same i'm gonna start the lamp lighters and i can also give my thoughts on matthew mcconaughey Mc, mcconaughey i can't even say his name he makes me so hot under the collar oh, dear. <laughs> um yeah, I finished his audiobook um, yesterday, so that's also we can talk about. And then I'm going to start and work through these new ones that I've got, so hopefully it'll be a good yeah. one. Yeah, fab. Well, we'll see how many we can get through. It's like a challenge now. Um, 12 through... is, the, is the limit. <laughs> 12, I think, is definitely the limit. We were pushing it then. If anyone has any ideas for featured reads... Oh, we were going to maybe do Pachinko at some stage, weren't we? As a featured read. Yeah, very uh, pretty book. It's very, I mean, yes. It's right, right up our street. Um, yeah, any others, then DM us, let us know. Um, otherwise, we'll just chip away at our very large to-be-read piles. <laughs> <laughs> and try not to visit too many more bookshops imminently. <laughs> maybe we'll have to limit ourselves to one book every shop. I tried that yesterday. Turn into like five. Yeah, you failed. I, I set think... a limit of two. Came out with eight. <laughs> yeah. So I think the answer is don't go. But <laughs> yeah, nah. or just go. Maybe if I just take like a twenty pound note in my hand, then that's it. Cash. Like when you were a kid, just a book voucher. That's it. Cash that's money. All I can that's spend. it. That's all you're allowed. Yeah. yeah. Like get my boyfriend to give me an allowance before we go in. <laughs> <laughs> Old school. Fab. Yeah. Okay. So that probably does it for us. Yep. Um, we'll speak at you next time, later. And have a good couple of weeks. Yep. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. Hi there. Thank you so much for listening to Two Girls, One Book podcast. If you like what you've heard, we would love for you to like, follow, rate, subscribe. In fact, just all, all that good stuff, please, would be fantastic. You can also find us on Instagram at Two Girls One Book Pod, so come and follow us over there as well. Happy reading and join us next time. <laughs>